0: I want to uh, turn your attention just for a little while to uh, focus on what you're already well aware of, which is the kind of uh, emphasis and theme uh, of this time which we believe God has given to us, uh, so that we can uh, fully tune in and engage in that. So you won't be surprised that I'm looking at Psalm 84. Uh, Been an interesting and intriguing time, in one respect for me, because uh, there are many things uh, that I I have taught on, many things uh, uh, I still thoroughly enjoy teaching on. um, But we want to always focus in the thing that God is underlining and emphasising. And uh, as we began to prepare for the conference. I was asked to speak on this subject, and I love this subject. I'm very happy to speak on this, particularly as we get down uh, through this this particular psalm. Uh, Blessed are those whose strength is in you, who have set their hearts on pilgrimage. Because it's such a key, critical position that we have to constantly take. And so, I spoke on that, and then I thought, well, for the sake of the church here, I probably ought to not speak the same thing again. On the other hand, after thirty or forty years, they're quite used to hearing uh, things that they've heard before. So, and you know, they're very faithful and very gracious, and they still keep coming and listening. So, we trust that God's in it somewhere there. However, much as I wanted. I couldn't get away from this. And I actually believe that this is where God wants us to be and to focus and concentrate at this time. So I'm just going to read it through quickly. Um, I'll do it in English, or do you want it in Spanish or French? Uh, uh, Portuguese? Uh, All of them at the same time. Okay, all right. How lovely... Is your dwelling place, O Lord Almighty. My soul yearns, even faints, for the courts of the Lord. My heart and my flesh cry out for the living God. That represents something that God has, has created in us a desire for Him. <clears throat> and I would just pause at that for a moment because. I'm sure for many of you, certainly for me, it, it's so exciting uh, and so thrilling uh, to see everybody again. And interestingly, I find that on a regular basis. I've never yet prepared to come to me to think, oh Lord, I've got I to see that Neil Jakes again or that Daniel Jones. Oh God, give me grace to, you know. I think that what God does in us, he changes us and puts in his heart of love in us. Because it becomes more when it's people that we don't see very often. And therefore, with your brothers and sisters from the other nations, uh, it's particularly exciting. I I don't know about you, but uh, I find it, it kind of... I'm not known for excitement. I'm not known for expression. I take my pleasure seriously. <laughs> but I just, I just feel that, that sort of... And I think we've kind of been expressing that, that sort of bubbling up, that overflow, that sense of joy at just uh, being together. We're kind of... I mean, you know, English people, they don't get too excited. Well, they do, but they can't show it. Until they become, until they get released in the kingdom, then they they can actually express it a little bit more. But it's a journey. But we've we've enjoyed, and it's great, and we're looking forward to it. But you know, the thought that struck me uh, as I was looking at this, thinking about the desire that God has placed in us, uh, that yearning for Him. Because he loves us. And we're excited. I thought, what is God excited about? I mean, how we've received one another, that's great, and we, we, that will continue. And there's practical expressions, there's hosting, there's beds made available, there's driving to the airport and welcome packs and all these things. But how much more... How much more excited is our Father in heaven? Not just now, but always. Who rejoices over us with singing, who delights in us. There's a kind, and I want us to take a moment to kind of turn aside from our excitement of one another and greeting one another, which is pleasing to God, but to just take a few moments to think about how excited He is. And how he feels as we come together. How much more he receives us than we can ever receive one another. And in order to do that, let's just reflect for a moment or two. On kind of being received. Those of you got kids. Uh, you know what I mean when I say about uh, being received. If you've been away or if you're coming home. You know, the kid's delighted to see you. And uh, that's always... That's that's a very precious thing. That's just one expression. I remember a particular expression where one of my children, who will remain nameless to protect the guilty, uh, was so excited to see me, they ran down the corridor to greet me and somehow managed to put their finger in my eye and I ended up in hospital. (laughs) They meant well. It didn't always work out quite like it should. When I was thinking about this, I was thinking as a kid I used to, uh, my father worked about four or five miles away, he used to go on a bike and I used to sometimes go to meet him. Uh, My bike. Sometimes I would go all the way, sometimes part way. And I was just reminded of, and I'm talking obviously many years ago, just reminded of, he never once said, oh, it's you again. He never once said, oh, what on earth have you come here for? He never once kind of rode by every single time he was pleased and delighted to see me. How much more does our Father in heaven receive us and is delighted with us this one who gave his all for us who came from heaven to earth for our sake bible says that he loves us with an everlasting love yeah it doesn't change it's not dependent upon how good bad or indifferent we are his love never stops this is the one Who's excited because he's excited about you you don't look convinced so you have to help me what you do is you turn to somebody like Richard he's excited about you can you try and do that you got I mean no no no, no you got to, you got to do it with meaning he's excited about you I keep coming back to this <clears throat> I keep coming back to this uh, I know it's it 's a paraphrase rather than a direct translation, but I love it it 's from the message in ephesians one and four to six long before God laid down earth's foundations who did he have in mind before he created the world he had you in mind I mean we are talking we've just been singing about joining with those that sung his praises over thousands of generations but he had you in mind that's the nature of his love he had me in mind had settled on me as the focus of his love To be made whole and holy by his love. Long, long ago, he decided to adopt me into his family through Jesus Christ. Amen? Is that good? No wonder he's excited. Yeah? What pleasure he took in planning this. He wanted me to enter into the celebration of his lavish gift, giving by the hand of his beloved son. I think he's well excited. Well excited. In Ephesians 3, Paul writes, I pray that you might grasp something about the, the width and length and height and depth of his love. I, I echo that prayer. I echo that prayer for me. I echo that prayer for you. That this might be a time way beyond just meeting and enjoying fellowship one with another, which is pleasing to God, that we might have something of though that experience, that renewing, that refreshing, that encounter, that life-changing thing, the thing that we were just hearing uh, from Thule. And it happened in a kind of children's thing. I don't really care, and God doesn't care how it happens, but his love and his excitement... Over us is something that he wants us to catch hold of beyond anything else. Beyond any teaching that we might experience afresh. Can you remember the first time that you experienced the love of God? The first time that your heart that was kind of hard just got kind of melted? You just... You can't really explain it. For me, it was a, the turning around of the whole of life. But it wasn't enforced from the outside, it was something that was transformed from the inside because God took hold of me where nobody was allowed to get near me. And I experienced His love. We sing that song, don't we? About His love melting our heart, that's certainly what happened for me in Romans he said, for I am persuaded that neither life nor death nor principalities nor powers nor any other creature can separate me from the love of God in Christ Jesus our Lord Amen, Amen. Wow, what a love what a love from the one who came from heaven to earth Here in His love, while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. How great love, how great a love that we should be called the children of God. This is very special. But you know, sometimes it's even more special for people who have not had the benefit of family. Some of you are in that situation not had the benefit of that that close and warm and natural family situation how special that is you know I think I think I'd like, Where is Nick here is Nick still here he's out with the, oh all right, okay, I just think we we have to make that what God gave him that he read to us this morning, we have to uh, hear that again I'll read, read that again I'm one of god's kids. He likes me, yeah? What does it matter? whatever what other people do yeah oh come on, let's just lift our our response to him yeah, yeah let's just respond to him. He's excited about us he's the one who who gave himself for us. We're excited about one another, but how much more is he rejoicing over us with singing? His excitement extends. He says, oh, how good and pleasant it is when brethren dwell together in unity. He's kind of, this is my enjoyment. This is God speaking. This is what I like. You know, when we can see brethren dwell, he loves that. You remember, he says that all men will know that you are are my disciples when you love one another. The love of God is made complete as we love one another. Uh, You know, it's good that God loves me and I love God. It's good that God loves Richard and Richard loves God. But the love of God is made complete as I love him and he loves me. It's the purpose of God it's the purpose of God being made complete as we love one another. And you know that that's very interesting. If you look at the original of that word, all men will know that you're my disciples, you love one another. That word uh, in the original, I think it's pronounced genosko, is not a theoretical love. This, is a, this, this word describes... A knowledge that's gained by experience. A knowledge which you've actually seen, that you've kind of rubbed shoulders with. You've had experience of this. First-hand experience. So he's not talking about some community of shared interest. He's not talking about we're all part of the tennis club or, the, uh, or even, even all part of a church. But this is about being joined together and expressing that love to the point that people say, hey, behold how they love one another. So he's excited and rejoices over us. Excited about what he's prepared for us. I'm always intrigued by that scripture about good works that he's prepared beforehand for us to walk in. I'm looking for them. Yeah I don't want to just be looking back. I want to be looking forward. Because it doesn't say, kind of you reached the end of that, and I don't know what else to do with you. It's good works which he prepared beforehand for us for us to walk in. Hmm Have you asked him lately? this god that's excited with you this god that's rejoicing over you this god that loves you with an everlasting love who's prepared good works what's next lord what's next a year ago i was doing just that i was doing it not just on behalf of me i was doing it on behalf of us so what's next lord and he said this to me spirit of adventure I want adventure. I want to take you on adventure. And that's what we've been. That's what we're doing. That's what we continue to do. But you know, this is for us corporately, but it's also for us individually. What's next, Lord? I never want to get to a place where nothing more done it all. Nothing left. But always to be looking for what's next because he has good works that he's already prepared beforehand for us to walk in, to agree. Hmm. You know, we're not talking something that's sort of way out. We're not talking something sort of beyond possibility. Spirit of adventure is simply this moving from I wonder if I should to simply, hey, this could be God. I wonder if I should speak to this person. Hmm, that thought could be God. It transforms the way we respond to it. I wonder if I should give this oh, it could be God that that thought has come. That opens us up to that forward movement, that spirit of adventure. You know, and it's, it has practical outworkings. You know, and recently, there's been an opportunity for some to kind of, I wonder if I should give up my bed. Or it could be God there are lots of practical things the other day uh, our sister Sam was moving into a place and there were a number of people that had the opportunity to say hmm I wonder if I should help or it could be God see I want us to understand that walking with God is not some sort of out of body experience it's very real very practical and very tied to the very reality that God is. So, here's a question that I'd like to rest with you for this period, for this time of conference, this time together. On this pilgrimage, will you please ask God what is the next step? What is the next step for you? And what is the next step for whatever work or community or serving that you're involved in? Will you do that? Uh, you have to kind of satisfy me a bit better than that. Will you do that? Yeah, yes. Don't be shy. It's nice to speak to me. I'm very nice. Okay. I was reflecting uh, a few days ago, Uh, just coming down to this next verse. Even the sparrow has found a home and a swallow, a nest for herself where she may have her young. A place near your altar, O Lord Almighty, my King and my God. Blessed are those who dwell in your house. They're ever praising you. Blessed are those whose strength is in you have set their hearts on pilgrimage. And I was thinking about the times where we read when God said uh, to somebody, one of the prophets, what do you see? Those of you that know these stories would know. He said uh, in Jeremiah, what do you see? And he he said, a a branch of an almond tree. Well, that's not very spectacular. But God asked him and he saw something. Then the next thing was a, a, a boiling pot tilted away from the north I mean fairly sort of down to earth normal things that in fact was actually God using to tell him about a movement of God Amos it was what do you see a plumb line Zechariah it was a flying scroll so I was kind of thinking about this and I felt that God said to me what do you see well, my little study office looks out over the garden and so I'm looking out of the window and I saw something that I've never seen before and actually haven't seen it in a day since. I saw birds catching flies. I thought, well, oh, I've never seen it quite like that before. And these birds darting around catching flies. And I said, well, I'm seeing birds catching flies. It's not a particularly... And as I saw that, and as I said that, there were a whole number of things, which I want to just briefly mention, that that God said or drew my attention to about how he wants us to be in these days of pilgrimage. First of all, they were actually active. So you could say the birds were were not passive. They were not like the fishermen sitting on the riverbank hoping that the fish will come along. This was this more the hunter than the than the fisherman. Actually doing something. Then I saw that there was a purpose. The birds had a purpose in what they were doing. Our purpose, I suppose, is always to please him and who gave himself for us. But that has an outworking. Then I saw, and I listed all these things. It was, just came one after the other and I'm watching these birds. And uh, it, it was an impressive sight. Flexible. Ready to change. Change direction. And I'm, again, you know, you might have decided, uh, I think I'll I'll have a couple of people come and have lunch with me. And all of a sudden there's an opportunity to have five people. Well, that's, that's just being flexible. It's just kind of kingdom, you know? That readiness to adjust and change. And you see, all we have to do is come back to that question. Is it God? If it's God... I can make it work because his grace is to enable me to do his will. I will be able to do it. All I have to know, is it God? I think it could be God. Then there was this amazing change of direction. Well, we know something about that. For those of you whose memory goes back quite a long way, you remember all of our different sort of programs evangelism programs. And then there was that day when he said to us about serving the community and the needs of the community, the expense of the community, and we suddenly realized that there was a, a change of direction. And out of that was birthed all the things that we've been doing as far as Lifeline Community Projects was concerned. Willingness to change direction. The problem with change of direction is... You have to face the fact, we've never been this way before. And then, of course, it all comes back to us. That's what God said when they had to cross over the Jordan. That's why he said, you need to keep your focus on me, because you've not been this way before. And then he, who invites us to go somewhere, will also enable us to go there because of his love being poured out towards us. We're equipped by God to be active and involved. I was, I was very blessed by what we call the cardboard testimonies. I just felt this was a time to be loving God and thanking God. And I really appreciate all of you that, that, that joined in that. I was thinking just one of the things that when uh, Emma came and turned down by six was it six universities? Uh, and bypassed a whole lot, now a qualified nurse. But I was, I was reflecting on a story that she shared a little while ago. She wasn't on duty. Uh, she wasn't in uniform. She was going shopping. And she goes into the shop and finds there's a, a child choking... But what they're trying to do to help the child would make it worse and make it better. So she was able to step in and take and uh, bring what she was equipped with into that situation and see the child rescued. And I thought, "Hmm, yeah, she wasn't planning to do that. That wasn't the direction that she was going, but she's equipped to do it in the same way as we're equipped for God by God. And we can have the very thing that somebody needs at that point in time because we're children of the living God, equipped by God, called for his purpose to enable us to walk in his way. I guess there was a moment of decision where she, she had to decide, is this... You know what, When you're stepping out on something, is it, should I... And then we understand what God wants. I also watched, uh, still coming back to the birds catching flies, they didn't always, weren't always successful the first time. And so what did they do? They just tried again until they were successful. I think I learned some things there about what God wants. Then, I, you know, I have to have a little sort of. That's the way my mind works. I thought, hmm, not one of those birds turned round to me and said, see you watching, if you'd filled that bird feeder, I wouldn't have to go to all this work to catch the flies. (laughs) Not one of them turned round and said that. See, it's not about, oh, if only it had been some other way. It's about fulfilling and continuing in the purpose of God. Blessed are those whose strength is in you, who have set their hearts on pilgrimage, set their hearts to pursue the purpose of God for their time and their generation. I'm thankful that God has set us free from the past in order that we can go on pilgrimage, that we can move on, that there's nothing like a ball and chain round our leg, there's nothing that keeps us bound so we cannot move in the purpose of God we are called by him free from the past I saw Alan's uh, cardboard testimony unable to leave his house I remember those days, I knew Alan then I remember trying to coax him into the car to go somewhere and completely bound with the most serious form of agoraphobia so God set him free that was a kind of in a sense a physical type of restriction now you look at his passport he's been in all these different places and all over the country celebrating that God has set him free yeah Praise God. We heard again in the testimonies about God setting us free. A number of people, interestingly, from those emotional things like fear. And then we know in the goodness of God that he has set us free and we're free indeed. You know, I travel, as you know, often in the plane. Many of you remember I traveled when 9-11 took place in America. And I was halfway across the Atlantic. I never get in a plane thinking, oh, I wonder what's going to happen. <laughs> because God sets us free, even from the, the thoughts or memories. Yeah, I didn't enjoy spending 22 hours in the plane waiting to see what was going to happen, so on and so forth. But that's the past. I'm not, we're not bound by that. There's nothing that can hold us back in the purpose of God. We're set free. And Of course, we're set free from the sin. And we have power over it. We can cast aside anything so that we can actually be as holy as we choose to be. And then, very quickly, and then I must conclude, as they pass through the valley of Baca, that dry, desert, barren place, they make it a place of springs and the autumn rains also cover it with pools. See, you can be in the desert, but that doesn't mean you are the desert. Let me say that again. You can be in a desert, you can be in a dry and difficult place, but that doesn't mean that that is you. I'm going to need to say that again. You can be in a desert, but you are not the desert. Yeah? Let me just read that again. As they pass through the valley, this is not a resting place, this is a passing through. The Bible talks about uh, when we pass through the waters, He will be with us, passing through. Ability to come through we're heading into his purpose one of the things I felt that was quickened to me and I believe this is for this time as well listen carefully in a desert place in a difficult place it's possible to lose hopes to lose hope This is the time when it's in the purpose of God to restore hope. Where lost hopes can be made alive again. Zechariah 9 talks about flaming arrows of the Lord's deliverance. You know, a lost hope cannot withstand the flaming arrow of the Lord's deliverance. It's powerful and it restores. And at this time, in this day... As we're looking to God and his purpose, I am expecting that we're there. And you will know, interestingly, you will know the moment I said it. Uh-oh, that's, I, I, can, I, I can identify with that. This is a time when God is going to restore lost hopes. And it's for us to seize that moment and seize that opportunity as we head into his purpose and into his choosing in these times together heading into his arms and his purpose he loves us he's excited with us he has things for us particularly at this time ah Nick's here can we just finish up Nick you come and read that again for us and then we'll we'll conclude with that I think This this works out good that you're just back at this time because uh, I want want our focus as we started to recognise that we may be excited with being here and having the conference and going away and doing all those things, but our primary thing is to focus on the fact that he's excited and has purpose for us at this time so that as we follow him, And as we pursue what he gives us and take these steps and respond to these different prompts and teachings and opportunities, we find that not only lost hopes restored, but we gain the next step. We begin to look forward, we begin to be a people whose hearts are set on pilgrimage more than ever before, that we focus in what he's giving us and looking. Instead of, you know, we can end up in a sort of yeah, well, yeah trudging along, you know. And then we can look up and we can see. Wow. Now I see. Now I perceive. This is a, this is the one whose love is so great for us.
1: You are worthy of praise. You are worthy of praise. Day after day, you are worthy of praise. Forever you reign. Forever you reign. That's a concept I can't even get in my brain, but you never change. You're forever the same. I won't ever refrain or settle again. You died for me. When I tried to flee and turn my back on you, you never left. Just like your love, you never end. You are worthy of every breath my lungs can produce until there aren't any left so I lift my voice I lift my voice along with my brothers and my sisters I lift my voice and we worship you we worship you that's what we were put on this earth to do so we worship you you our comforter our healer our provider our redeemer we were once slaves to sin but you paid the price for our freedom and you paid with your life you were beaten, broken, torn apart from God and died until on the third day when again you would rise defeated death so that we could know what it really means to be alive and now you are enthroned on high you are enthroned on high Lord of all, you are enthroned on high and in your kingdom no one is thrown to the side you have a perfect plan for each and every one of our lives and you send your spirit to reside inside so I thank you Lord I praise your name I lift my voice to the Lord that never leaves us never forsakes us who unconditionally loves us the perfect creator a God who knows me by name who takes delight in his people us from evil. My God is far from feeble. He is the all-powerful, all-faithful, all-knowing, everlasting Lord, yesterday, today, and forevermore.